0: Hello and welcome to episode 3 of Fighting for Our Future, a New Zealand Herald climate change special. I'm Emma Clark, your host, and joining me is Jacob Anderson, the environmental program manager for the Sir Peter Blake Trust. Hello Jacob, and thank you so much for joining me. Kia ora. So, what really sparked your passion for this topic?
1: I think when I when I was growing up I was always interested in nature and, in the, and the environment more broadly. But probably when I started my masters, when I had my first expedition down to Antarctica, I started to realize how significant climate change was and, and what a warming world means to Antarctica, the oceans and more broadly the rest of the planet. So I think that was probably the real catalyst for me saying, okay, we've got a big problem here and we're, we're, not, uh, we're not really on the right track
0: and you're very solution focused which is absolutely amazing and you've come up with eight of your own simple life tweaks that people can do every day could you just um, expand on those for us and just share a little detail
1: yeah I think um, it doesn't have to be this kind of big scary problem so people think of climate change as too big what can I do um, and and obviously there's significant industries that are playing a big role and and we have to kind of hold them accountable and really Transition away from non renewable energy production and, and think about more renewable solutions, but then also everyone can make a difference and everyone can kind of play their own role and If everyone does a small part that's going to do a lot so we 're not expecting you know people to live entirely carbon neutral overnight I think that's you know it's almost impossible but we can, we can all kind of do little things I think New Zealand what we 're seeing um, in New Zealand um, in the last year is this kind of rise of Awareness around plastic, largely from the plastic yep, bag band So that's, sure. that's come a long way. Now people are thinking about that. We're not quite there. You know, you still see someone in the supermarket <laughs> put like one broccoli. Oh, so frustrating, the super- isn't it? <laughs> what the hell, like, what are you doing that for? But um, we need to be thinking more broadly about carbon emissions than just plastic. Plastic's a kind of a nice thing to do, but, but carbon's the real kind of elephant in the room and we need everyone to be kind of thinking about that. But plastic's easy, right? It's easy to kind of pick up rubbish or not you know, use that plastic bottle or, or that sort of thing, but reducing your your carbon footprint's a little bit more complex. But a really simple thing that people can look at is, is in their food, actually. So if we're buying local, fresh and in-season food then that's travelled far less than, say, importing food or something that's been stored for a long time. So if you think about food more broadly, it's being produced by some form of energy, it's being grown, and then it's being transported or stored um, so if it's being stored for a long time, that's going to require more energy. If it's flown halfway around the world, that's going to re- require more energy too. So um, that's one. And then also food waste is another big one. So if we are throwing food away, obviously, then that's um, – going to end up in landfill and it's going to contribute to methane and other challenges which is a short-lived gas so it stays in the atmosphere for less time than carbon dioxide but it has a a stronger warming impact Um, but so if we can we want to be composting some of this food waste but um, trying to reduce it and and trying to buy local and in-season good ways Um, and then I guess more kind of challenging in in New Zealand because we are a prime you know Our economy is largely driven by primary industries, but reducing meat and dairy as well. So they require a lot of energy to produce those products. But agriculture is a complex one because in New Zealand, we are world leading in producing meat and dairy products, but um, overseas, the demand for them is going up. So we want to be able to produce those products in a way that's lower carbon than countries overseas, which we're really good at doing but long term it's not the best way for us to get our protein so we're wanting people to eat less of those products and and one of the interesting conversations is you know if we look at plant based meats or synthetic meats and synthetic milks that's a way that people can still enjoy those kinds of proteins because they do taste nice everyone likes to eat a hamburger (laughs) But how do we kind of move away from that, but without compromising our own enjoyment from those? And so I think that's been a bit frustrating for me is not seeing um, New Zealand kind of try and let the market run its course and say, let's try and do agriculture really well and try and reduce our impact, but also let's look at alternatives. So these plant-based and synthetic meats and milks Let's look at those, let's look at these new genetic technologies that we're seeing overseas that we can use to try and reduce these impacts and then decide, so we've got it on the supermarket, you've got these products next to the sort of traditional grass fed products, let's let the market decide what we want to do. Um, and then also overseas, we might see with this rise in, in India and in China in the middle class, they might want to eat these alternative products as well. They might not necessarily want to eat these um, these kind of traditional grass-fed products. But at the moment, we're holding on to this old idea. And I think in a way, it's almost like uh, the video shops in the 90s going towards Netflix. If we don't embrace these new technologies and look at these um, new, new technologies and new um, ways to eat food we could get left out um, and left behind and I think that's not a good way to diversify New Zealand's economy Abs- more broadly yeah
0: absolutely and you really don't know until you try things how, how they're going to go so it's absolutely worth giving it a go and I, I do see a lot of youth actually becoming vegetarians or switching to almond milk if it's fashion or if it's just us being a lot more aware of the damage we're causing I do see a humongous trend along my peers and so yeah I feel like it's something that's well worth trying. Um, Just back to buying local fresh and in season, it actually saves us money and if you're buying it local you know it hasn't been sprayed with all these pesticides that have been proven to be so bad for us so it kind of just it seems like a very easy thing and something that I'm sure lots of people once they learn the effects of not doing this would be super willing to try.
1: Yeah, I, and I think buying local and, and if it's fresh food, then obviously it's better for you too. So you feel better. You're probably you know enjoying the food more yeah. than something that's come out of a packet.
0: Yeah, and then you're, you're also helping out our own economy, which is awesome, boosting it back in there. And with your reducing food waste, I find that very interesting because I, for one can be a sucker you know I make a little bit too much food put it in the fridge think I'm going to eat it and then forget about it and it's gone off so that's in the bin and if you just really start to think about you perhaps you do that once a week with leftovers that hugely adds up and it also adds up in your pocket so again such an easy thing for us as individuals to control we don't need to wait for policy or government to come in and you know ban us for doing leftovers
1: yeah f- and food producers about Sort of a fifth or nearly 20% of your emissions profile. So you know it's it's a lot. It's not always just about cars and yeah. flying and these things. I mean they're important too. But but thinking about the food, where it comes from, and the energy that's used to make that food's a big one. One of the best things we can do is reforest areas or rewild areas. So planting trees is a big way that we can. Um, draw down a lot of this carbon, offset a lot of this carbon, Um, but one of the things that has been overlooked is using the ocean and and the kelp forests and seaweeds in the ocean to store a lot of this carbon as well, so we know that kelp is more than 10 times more effective at storing carbon than land-based forests are, but no one's really talking about this. We've got some groups overseas looking at, at developing kind of systems where they're storing a lot of, of um, kelp and aquaculture and these sorts of things. But New Zealand has one of the largest... Um, Exclusive economic zones in the world, and we have a huge opportunity to create these new marine reserves or these new protected areas where we can restore these marine forests, draw down a lot of that carbon. Um, And it's it's a challenge because obviously there's fishing interests and other people are you know kind of have have different kind of stakes in the ocean. But the the scientists are suggesting we need at least 30% of our oceans to protect it, to safeguard the fisheries, to um, reduce pollution, to draw down carbon, mitigate climate change as well. So we really should be looking at the ocean as a tool to kind of give us more time protect the ocean and also provide us with sustainable seafood that we need the ocean's a little bit out of sight out of mind yeah. so we, we enjoy the ocean we, we're on the surface we know about
0: we, fishing and overfishing we, we hear about that but we don't yeah we don't hear about the seaweed and the kelp being such a huge factor for us
1: yeah and I mean recently we we saw the uh, the Amazon on fire and kind of everyone's going oh my god the lungs of the planet yeah but actually the ocean is the lungs of the planet the ocean yeah. provides more than half the oxygen we breathe. Um, The Amazon actually is 20% of land-based oxygen, so it's not even 20% of the whole planet's (sighs) oxygen. So... Just simple things like that. Understanding the role that the ocean plays, not not to kind of say that um, the fires in the Amazon I, are bad, <laughs> like they're, they're terrible. Yeah,
0: we do care. But yeah,
1: we, you know the Amazon's an amazing um, sink of carbon. It's great for biodiversity. Um, it's really important. So you know what's happening is terrible. But we need to be thinking more broadly and thinking about the ocean as well, not just these land-based forests yeah. and wild places.
0: I loved your tweet about that as well. Get off social media and do something. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing, right? So it's true. It's,
1: Everybody was like, oh my God, the Amazon's I on know, fire. I know, sharing it everywhere. Like, okay, so let's do something <laughs> yeah, about this. Come exactly. on. Exactly. Yeah. So
0: what else can we do?
1: Yeah, Let's so, keep the
0: momentum going here. Yeah,
1: I mean, one of the things is actually talking about it. So we're, we're not talking about it enough. We're not educating enough people because these are these things that people like it's big it's complex Mm -hmm. but we need to be talking about it we need to be having these conversations all the time sharing the challenges but also sharing these actions and activities and giving people um kind of the acknowledgement so everyone's kind of starting this journey or or at a different stage in this journey and so we don't want to kind of make people feel bad if they've kind of slipped up one day or you know accidentally done something but how do we encourage and support people to do that Um, and I think one of the the really significant things was would be if we could get all the, the athletes, the artists, and the academics on board. They already have platforms. If we could support them to start talking about these issues, um, the example I can think of is uh, when the Volvo Ocean Race was here last year. They had a big focus on the ocean, turn the tide on plastic. One of the boats, so there was this kind of big focus around the ocean more broadly and plastic pollution and some of the challenges with ocean health. So that was a great way to kind of start that conversation in a sport event, you know, kind of sport with purpose or...
0: And also almost all these um, food, food places, you know, that you get your box from and you cook your meals, if they just had a little slip in there that said, hey we're going to use all of this you'll have this for lunch the next day if there's any left over chuck it into say a smoothie or something how cool would that be just so people like just you know start thinking about the food they're wasting and just like be really aware because I think awareness is definitely going to be the key to, to helping and solving this crisis yeah, we've got and,
1: and, and we saw how rapid that momentum was with the plastic bag it's just small changes like that can really quickly have an impact and people might be a little bit kind of upset at the start and then it's amazing how quickly people adjust and go actually it's not that bad most of these things are minor tweaks they're not rapid transformations and I think
0: that's what scares people they look at climate change and they go wow that's huge how am I as one individual gonna help this it's super daunting but yeah as we've just heard we've had some really good little simple daily life tweaks that will actually save you money and make you feel way better about yourself as well
1: Mm. one of the other things uh, I think is overlooked. And I think it's tr- it's tricky because naturally everyone knows someone who's been impacted by cancer or has a connection with someone with some sort of yeah. health-related uh, challenge. But a lot of the donations don't go to environmental organisations. So actually it's less than 3%. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, it makes sense, right? Because the environment doesn't have the emotive kind of impact that a a sick child does or or someone who's been impacted by cancer. But if we think about um, the environment more broadly... The ocean currently is kind of rapidly going towards having a fever. Yeah. <laughs> when, when when we think about when we have a two degree fever, we're sweating, we feel terrible. We've like got
0: the week off work. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> so we raise temperatures in the ocean by two degrees. We have massive impact on all of the life there. It changes ocean currents. It changes more broadly weather patterns. These sorts of things. So we have to think about the ocean being sick as well. We have to think about the planet being a little bit sick. Not not so much in the, t- in the sense that the Earth is going to gonna die and turn yeah. into Mars. It's just going to cost us a lot of money. It's yeah. going to become really difficult for humans to survive in some areas. It's going to become uh, challenging. Dry places will get drier with droughts. Wet places will get wetter. So we have to think about... If we've got a, you know, sick planet, all of those other health issues are not really where we should be worried. Not really the problems. Um, and of course, when we raise temperatures too in New Zealand, that means we're going to have an increased um, chance of uh, tropical diseases or mosquitoes and things we haven't necessarily thought of before yeah. as well. Yeah, we've got two options right now, and we we can we can kind of this this conversation around fear and the planet's dying and all of these things is is kind of one path and then the other one's you know hope and what what does the future look yeah. like how can we make the future better than it is today and
0: the fear one I think is what's scaring people but I really think we should be taking the hopeful route because if there's hope out there people are way more likely to get on board and be like oh I can make these simple changes because it's not all bleak we are gonna we are gonna make it out this like dark tunnel we're in almost
1: I think if we can show people examples of of success and uh, and how a low carbon future is more exciting than one that is not that is a far more exciting future that i want to live in it's looks like a far more interesting place um and so I think that that's where we want to go and I think if we can use those positive examples and show people those positive examples that's going to inspire people that's going to get people excited, that's going to get people wanting to engage and enjoy these places and kind of act um, appropriately and I think that that's a better narrative and a better story than we're all doomed and it's all bleak and what can I do Um, but at the same time I think you know sometimes people kind of getting a a bit of a wake up call is helpful but it's kind of tricky and I think it's going to be different for different people and, and everyone will kind of approach that a little bit differently Yeah, so
0: we're talking small tweaks so we've got we've, we've done really well on the quitting plastic good work guys on that so we're doing buy local fresh and in season so that's you know just going to your local veggie shop you're actually going to be saving yourself so much money I did that recently and I was super surprised um, reducing food waste again this will be saving you money and you won't have a smelly fridge there's lots of bonuses to this um, a little bit of a hard one reducing meat and dairy consumption planting a tree that's going to be quite a social thing as well like get a group together plant a tree or how do we actually get into helping planting kelp or seaweed is that a thing
1: yeah it's a little bit it's a little bit tougher than <laughs> uh, planting a tree the best thing from the oceans perspective you could do is is try and get in touch with ministers let them know what things are that you're concerned about um so we're currently not on track to, you know, New Zealand has less than 1% of its marine environment protected. Oh, wow. So we've got this, we're this big maritime nation and people think, oh, you might be 5%, maybe 10%. Actually, we have less than 1% of our ocean protected.
0: Oh my gosh, and it's so terrible.
1: The science is saying 30%, we're not anywhere near that, um, so... We've got to get better at that, I think. You know, 30% of our land's protected. Um, we think of Fiordland National Park or, um, you know, Tongariro National Park mm. as these kind of treasures in New Zealand, but we don't think about the ocean in the same way. The, the Horeki Gulf Marine Park is a national park. Most people probably don't even know that we have a national park right outside.
0: Yeah, that's absolutely insane. So it is sort of, that one's more about getting policy and government to listen, which yeah. is what we're talk, we talked to Jamie about. And so that's an awesome, that's an awesome way.
1: Yeah, so that, that's obviously tricky, uh, but there's a lot of great um, community groups that you can volunteer and do planting days with and kind of help them out almost all over the country so um, that's if you're interested in planting trees um, that's amazing I had one of my friends actually at their wedding they had this really cool kind of uh, instead of people giving them gifts we could donate money and then they would plant trees in the local community so like that was just like a really cool way to kind of um instead of having the wedding gifts you know I thought that that was an awesome way yeah, to kind of that, offer yeah. that
0: is awesome how cool would it be as well this is where I thought that was going everyone got their own tree to plant when you you got there that would be so cool if anyone wants to do that that would be dope yeah that would
1: be cool yeah just gift everyone a tree yeah Yeah. that's
0: super cool and then we've also got donate to environmental organisations so I didn't realise that it was only less than 3% of donations to charities and yeah as we talked about you know the planet is sick if we're going to like compare it to a human and it does need our help and if the planet's sick we are going to get sick all of those a are super easy things that we can do every single day it's not this big daunting task that has been sort of amped up to be we can definitely make easy changes to our life and that will have a huge impact on the world if a large amount of people started doing these sort of eight we'll take the food waste and the buying local and the quitting plastic would there be a huge is it huge or is it like a mediocre change in the track we're going
1: I think the low-tech solutions are overlooked so um if we reforest areas and reduce our meat consumption that's going to have a significant impact Um, don't get me wrong the the energy production isn't sustainable you know the coal and the fossil fuels and uh, these are still big problems that we have but I think that when we think about the reducing meat part and, and the future of farming and what that will look like I imagine in another generation we might have people who have no interest in eating um, animal products or um, dairy products. If we can create um, nutritious, high-protein foods uh, without the environmental impact, without the land use, without the use of water, um, why would we go through the kind of ethics of killing an animal? And I think that could be the next step. Um, The next generation might feel that way if we can do it in a safe way and the technologies are safe and it's proven that we can create these you know good tasting highly nutritious um, lower environmental impact foods why wouldn't we do it um, and I think that that is is a real opportunity if we can capture that market because maybe I'm wrong you know maybe people will there will still be a demand for you know these premium grass-fed uh meat and and milk products but but maybe not and and I think that'll be up for the next generation to decide but I feel like that's the direction we're going in and I think that um we should be thinking about those things earlier rather than later the earlier we get on to these things to reduce our impact the, the better the second half of the century is because we've reduced our emissions. And even if we, even if we overshoot two degrees, two and a half degrees is better than three degrees. Yeah. So we have to constantly keep working on, on that because three degrees is better than four degrees. Exactly.
0: Whatever change we make, we're doing better than doing nothing at all.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Jacob, thank you so much for being on our final episode of the podcast. Um, do you have any closing comments for us?
1: We are all part of the problem, so let's all work together to be part of the solution.
0: Oh, epic. I love it. Thank you so, so much.
1: Thank you.